Hello everybody and welcome to the 50th episode of the Go Play That podcast. 50! My name is Rob Cook. I'm joined by Tom Wolford. Hey up. And Bob Marati. Good evening, gentlemen. And we've made it to some kind of milestone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe we actually made it this far. <laughs> Can yeah. somebody do a rough approximation of the trophy and our achievement unlock sound? There you go. Bling. <laughs> That's 100 gamer points at least. <laughs> um, we've got kind of a special one because rather than just playing games, Bob's actually been to Gamescom. Right, and, here in Germany, in, in Cologne. In Cologne, and um, has some impressions from, from plenty of stuff that he saw and smelt. Uh, oh, yes. Over how many days was it in total? <laughs> Um, it was uh, from Wednesday to Sunday, but I've only been there for three days. <sighs> Come on, slacking. Yeah, well, I had to work the other two. Sure, sure. We'll, we'll forgive uh, you. So you okay. you were there, like, was there any special stuff that you ended up missing? Any scheduled stuff or were the days all kind um, of the same? There were, there were a few things that I missed that I really wanted to check, especially uh, VR stuff. Because okay. there were a lot of games that that uh, were offering VR, like Batman VR or the Star Trek Bridge Crew, mm. or many many indies that were doing VR stuff. Which actually is a good thing. I mean, it, this means that VR is here to stay now. So a lot of people are developing for VR, and everybody seems super interested in trying it out. So the queues for anything VR related was was really really big. Right. Um. Have you had the chance to play much VR? Like until now unfortunately not much hmm. uh, not on not at all on the gamescom but okay. i've had enough experience with vr so i can tell you that i tried already the three major headsets oh, okay. the oculus the vive and the playstation vr mm -hmm. but uh for the oculus and um, no not really i mean for the vive it was still the dev kit so i'm not sure exactly how the consumer version is right okay and the PlayStation VR, I'm going to assume that it's also not the consumer version, but it's going to be really close. So it's it should out really be, soon. <laughs> yeah, it's out really soon. So yeah. it should be very close to the consumer version, if not right. that. I haven't tried it, but I have, uh, like, I, I'm living vicariously through other people trying it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> sure. like, somebody very close to me has played Batman on the Sony VR. Oh, that's cool. Uh, PSVR. And uh, yeah, they said it was really, really good and then had a massive headache for about an hour and a half afterwards. <laughs> Not entirely some people sure. Are, <laughs> some people are reporting now that since Minecraft has gone VR now, everybody is getting motion sickness on the get-go. As soon as they start the game, they move a couple of meters and this pukes down already. Yeah, I've heard that. And the other one was uh, our old friend Simon. Yeah, Simon. Uh, Firepunched. He's, he's had a crack at Adrift after our podcast talking mm -hmm. about it he really wanted to play it so he grabbed a copy of a drift and tried it on the on the vr headset and he was in quite a lot of trouble oh boy <laughs> yeah like motion sickness for an hour after taking off the headset wow simon was at gamescom as well and i couldn't meet him damn it should have captured him with a net <laughs> <laughs> maybe 
But uh, anyway, yeah. tell us, yeah. This is uh, the thing with VR. I think it's going to be pretty much like it was. Uh, I, do you remember or did you experience at least that back in the day in the 90s, early 90s, you did not have a console. So you would go to your friend's house to play those games that you cannot play. Mm -hmm. I that was basically until VR I was about much, 21. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's pretty much going to be the same thing with VR. I don't think it's something, a, a technology that can be adopted by everyone, especially because, because it's so specific and expensive, you know? So there, there will be a lot of going to mate's house, try it out on the VR for Vive or Oculus and whatever. I think the, the PlayStation one is definitely going to be the most extended one, but I, I wonder if people will go and, and relive this experience <laughs> that we had. I think, yeah, I think possibly so. I mean, the one thing that really limits me in my house is I just don't have space for any of the big stuff. I mean, the PSVR would be all right, but I would be sat on my sofa. Which is okay. Yeah, That's it's okay. It it's be. just going to be a much weirder sort of screen, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't really see it like revolutionizing gaming for me because I, I have about four square meters in my house, which I can actually utilize. And not I enough plug sockets. <laughs> I think the problem that it means it's not going to be that next big thing entirely. Like it's still going to be, it's still going to be fun, and people are going to make interesting, unique content for it. But the t the amount of time that you can spend in there before feeling quite unwell kind of limits the the scope of what you want to achieve in there. And thinking about um, No Man's Sky, that's something that doesn't hold my attention entirely like it's something that i see myself being able to do whilst also listening to something else or um you know even watching something else on a second screen mm -hmm. um having a conversation with someone or, or whatever and if i was to try and do that in vr it just wouldn't work because you have to com entirely commit to being in there for it to to work like especially for me my attempts to to use vr so far um i can't fully get into the moment and that's maybe because i'm trying it in a crowded location where there's other people waiting to use it and i'm not able to fully invest my you know my whole mind into experiencing it um, that's a really good point but hmm. i think that a combination of feeling a bit unwell after a certain point and also um having to commit entirely to to the experience means that you're not really going to be able to play everything in there and there might be some things that you're, you'd think it'd be cool. You'd play for 15 minutes and you go, yep, that's, I've tried that now. Yeah. What else is there? Mm -hmm. As an aside, Rob, by the way, uh, what you were saying about the music thing, I, um, mm. I got the, plat the platinum trophy on No Man's Sky yeah, last night. Um, Jeez, man. And the, my last thing that I had to do was basically just warp a whole bunch of times because I'd, I'd done everything else like, to level 10 okay so you just had to <laughs> uh, you just had to construct um construct power so uh, warp cells and yeah bust my ass across the galaxy yeah right. so i had spotify on uh in the background running in the background on the ps4 yeah and let me tell you you'll appreciate this but angel interceptor by ash <laughs> go turn that up loud and like boost off a planet <laughs> into your pulse drive and then into a warp with Angel Interceptor by Ash playing. It was fucking amazing. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I had some really good moments where, like, uh, I had some, you know, because I just had it on shuffle play. Yeah. But I had a moment where some classical music synced up really nicely as I was flying into an Atlas interface. 
and it stopped the moment I landed. And I was just cool. like, yes. <laughs> so actually putting my own music on really helped that game yesterday. You said at some points it didn't quite work, though. Like it's luck of the draw. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I had this quiet sort of uh, Nick Cave track playing when I was fighting 12 attack ships. <laughs> I'm like, come on, I need like something heavy here. But it couldn't take my hands off my controller to switch it over. You know, you could actually, you could have gotten that experience with uh, Rebel Galaxy because it has different playlists for different uh, moments. Like oh, very combat, possibly. A combat I just playlist. Didn't. I just didn't get that far in yeah. to that game. Yeah, we um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so, you know, and going back to the VR thing, mm. for me, it seems a little bit like what I've always thought about fetish sex. <laughs> it came Carry up. On. <laughs> well, you know, I've always wondered, like, of course, if you have a fetish, if that's your thing, then, you know, go for it. Mm. But especially with things like bondage and all of that kind of stuff, it's like, at what point does it start to become a chore? You know, you got to get all your stuff out of the garage. You got to be like, "All right, come on, I'm just going to tie you up a bit." You know, where's the rope? Did you put it downstairs? I don't know. And it's just like, how can you keep a, you know? And the same for me with gaming. <laughs> Please stop talking. <laughs> it's just something that's always like, weird. It's not something yeah. you can. It's not something immediately accessible. Like yeah, you've got I to walk fully, in. You you've got to get your your stuff in order. Exactly. I, I walk into my house. I hit and you've the, got to wipe the stuff down between sessions as well. Like you can't exactly, go in with you know, it all grimy from the last person that used it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and it gets more complicated the more people you've got. Um, I think it's a valid analogy. But <laughs> I think it's fantastic. <laughs> but it is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, yeah, I come home and I can literally just hit one button on my on my controller and boom, you know. My PlayStation. Shove it right on. up there. I just done. shove it right in. No foreplay, no messing about, you know. And it's done. I, I'm gaming within sort of 30 seconds of booting up. Uh-huh. My yeah. problem would be, especially in my house where I have very limited space, it'd be like, right, where do I leave the headset that three cuts aren't going to chew? Hmm. Do I I, are we talking about VR still? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's either or at this point. Right, yeah. You know, but all of these concerns have to be addressed. Like, yeah. you have storage space issue, you have actual gaming space issue, you have the fact that it might take you a bit longer to get it set up and to put it on. Uh, there's a fact there's a lot of games I can play that, you know, I can still talk to my girlfriend while playing. Yeah, exactly. Whereas VR is a completely antisocial pastime, I would imagine. Yeah, you can't eat, like, mm-hmm. some other people, unless you've got the TV set up and sometimes it doesn't even display as you would want. You can't even have other people spectating it. I mean, I think it's like some of the experiences you can definitely have like a pass and play thing where other people are watching you react, but you may want to play something and just cut off and you can't do that. With other people in the room. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So Bob, at Gamescom you had a, you had another experience with with a rift. Pretty much in line <laughs> with <laughs> with the topic, yeah. I'm going to start there because, yeah, I have like a many, many notes from Gamescom. But one of the first things that I, I I talked to you guys about was that I wanted to go to the Ubisoft stand and try out the Nosulus Rift. Is it Nosulus the... or Nosulus? You've talked to mm-hmm. the actual PR people. How do you pronounce it? Uh, I think it's Nosulus, yeah, but okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. It's a technical, it's a, it's a real yeah. scientific word, no? I just thought mm-hmm. it was nosiless because of the obvious 
sort Maybe. of context. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> it, actually, it works as well. I don't know. But yeah, I, I wanted to check it out. So I went into the, into the booth and um, they, they only had one device for a room full of people which were we were maybe like 40 people inside watching the presentation and um they they asked for a volunteer in german and i did not realize because i i don't know the word for volunteer in german so i kind of missed the opportunity of raising my hand someone else got the dubious privilege of of trying it out so what is the nocular uh, rift let me explain this is something that it's 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 a wonder of engineering i tell i tell you um <laughs> it's a piece of hardware that you strap onto your nose all right it covers like half of your face your mouth your nose and and it leaves your eyes open it looks like some sort of aquatic rebreather it yeah it kind yeah. it kind of looks like that so you just strap it on onto your mouth and nose and uh, it's connected to the pc or to the platform that they are showing it and regularly just pcs after all and uh, every time that a fart happens on the game in South Park, <laughs> it pretty much sprays you with a nauseating aroma. It's like so you can skunked. feel the fart in your face. <laughs> it's like getting skunked in the mouth. <laughs> pretty much, it's, it's it's exactly like that, you know. Because when when you wear it and and you get sprayed, you kind of notice and you can note um, that that there's there's a liquid being sprayed at your face. <laughs> So it's it it this skunk analogy is actually quite accurate. Mm. Um <laughs> but but yeah, I I met the brand manager of of the South Park game and and she told me the whole process behind the thing. So apparently it all came up with uh, one of these guys that are in the development team approach uh, Matt and Trey, the creators of South Park with this idea of look, we want to make this peripheral. You're just going to strap it on your nose, and every time that a fart happens in the game, it will fart in your face. What do you think? Like, all serious. And the guy said, that is the most stupid thing that we've ever heard, and we want it right now. <laughs> so so they started developing on that. They made a blueprint. They made uh, some some hardware tests, like see if it, it could recognize uh, when the game actually farts on you. So they hired a programmer. Uh, they paid a programmer to develop some sort of algorithm that detects when, when farts occur in the game so the hardware would spray it in your nose. They hired a human nose, so a, a, a perfume professional, to smell farts for weeks. <laughs> that is danger pay. Right? Yeah, that's hazard pay. <laughs> so he would, he would collect aromas from different farts from many, many people, and then he would just distill them in what he thinks is the ultimate fart. <laughs> So, so he, then he would like make some some sort of liquid out of it, would put it inside the hardware, and all combined, the magic of South Park happens. Oh my god! I'm just I'm just wondering of the possibilities of being able to like steal the bottles of that fart and put it in <laughs> I, people's I, like e-cigarettes. Honestly, I don't. I don't. <laughs> that's that's evil, not menthol. <laughs> that's mental. <laughs> <laughs> oh god but yeah anyway um they were actually taking a lot of precautions when they were showing this bit of hardware so they um they've got an emergency spray that if, if you if you're turning like too pale while you're sniffing it they would just spray you with febreze or something like that <laughs> so you would immediately recover the yeah the 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 aroma of fresh air so to speak 
And they also have a bucket for barfing in every showing that they have. <laughs> so just in case it's too much that you barf at the moment you sniff it, they're prepared for that. <laughs> in in the in the stick of truth, um, you had like a, a very important part of gameplay was farting. Yes. Um, in in the um in the fractured, the fractured butthole. butthole. <laughs> it's even amplified, man. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's even more important. I mean, they they, they told me how they developed some st- something that is um, how did they call it? I think it was something like total butchy control. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's a ridiculous name like that, but it was something like you would control each one of your butt cheeks with the the joysticks <laughs> of your controller, and then <laughs> once you have your butt cheeks all spread up, you press the button to release the ultimate fart. <laughs> So this is taking the technology from like Fight Night or whatever. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what's better, the game itself or the meta behind it. Because so, too but much. You, <laughs> at some point, are you masochistically choosing to have your character fart, therefore releasing more toxic gas in your own face? Yeah, there's a button for that. Cool. <laughs> and that was the thing. I mean, when 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 I wore the mask. Uh, the lady told me, look, I'm not going to force it to you. You're going to press the button yourself. <laughs> and you, yeah, you just you started will. hammering like a madman. <laughs> Can, yeah, well, I, I did it a few times because at, the fir- at first I didn't really smell anything, right? So it's like, well, this is not working. And I pressed it a few more times. And then it was like, oh, my God. Okay, yeah, there it is. <laughs> I just imagine you there in Gamescom, like some sort of shitty bane. <laughs> I've got I've got pictures, so I will probably upload them to the to the Go Play That page. Yeah, I'll let you decide whether that's the um the cover art for this week's episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But <laughs> but anyway, yeah. People may be wondering exactly what does it smell like. Hmm. It's really hard to describe a bad odor, you know? But the closest thing that I would come to describe it Shite. would be yeah, like a diarrhea shot. <laughs> That's my band name, mate. You stole that. <laughs> it's an excellent band name. <laughs> but yeah, um, I would spell the worst it. Part. I would spell it D I R E R E A R. Fart. Oh, shot. Sorry. Shot. <laughs> but yeah, the, the worst part of this thing is that because it's actually a liquid that is getting sprayed on your face, mm. <laughs> I've got I've got a bush of facial hair in my face. You know. And uh, the odor sticks over. The odor uh, lingers. <laughs> so <laughs> after I left the, the booth, hours later, <laughs> I kept smelling that. <laughs> Flashbacks. And, yeah, and, and, I, <laughs> and I was f- starting to feel sick, you know? Like, okay, yeah. At first, yeah, that was okay, maybe for a few minutes and such. But when, I, when you're smelling the same thing for two or three hours... <laughs> after lunch. You're, you're kind of, yeah, you're kind of begging for, for you to be able to smell the, the, the sweat of people around instead. So I would I, I would have rushed home immediately to embrace my significant significant other. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to kiss Maggie like that, she would probably punch me yeah. from one meter distance. Sniff my shorty beard. <laughs> Get out of here. Go take a shower now. <laughs> Just hose you down outside the building. <laughs> oh, hose me down. Yeah, <laughs> against the brick wall. <laughs> yeah. What What the lady told me was that uh, drinking coffee actually works very well with this. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, there was no coffee around, so I had to like watch, go to the bathroom and frantically wash my face to get rid of the odor. Um, Still didn't manage to get rid of all of it. I had to to take a shower after that. There, there was technology being developed that would spray 
aromas into your room when you're watching films like at at specific points during the film it would spray like the sound of burning tires or yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah, meadows yeah. the sound of burning tires that because you don't hear yeah, that on tv it's <laughs> a natural technology it's called the odorama so it, right. it it was it was intended for for films and uh, yeah so it would be like the you know the, like the rumbling seats that would be scripted for different uh scenes yeah, like, the 4D. It's the, it's the, the same 4D thing. Scenes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A little bit of trivia. Uh, video games also had something like that. Uh, unsurprisingly, Hideo Kojima wanted to do it. Um, Probably he, to smell I think, Quiet's cleavage. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. This is this is for a much older game. I think it was Snatcher. I can't remember if it was Snatcher or Police Knots. <laughs> Please don't talk to me about Hideo but, Kojima sniffing Snatcher. <laughs> but it, the, the disc had some sort of coat that, um, upon being read from the laser lens, it would slightly burn it and make your console smell like blood. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, that was the plan, at least. I don't know if it worked or not, but that that's something that happened, and that, that they did that. Uh, and people say I, today I can, is too gimmicky. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine Yakojima was like uh, ten years ahead, apparently. <laughs> but but yeah, um, just as a disclaimer, this device, the Nautilus Rift, will not make it into the consumer's face. So you're all safe. Hmm. This is something that they developed exclusively for for events promo for the game. But kids, yeah, promo for the game. You can make your own at home by getting a sandwich bag and filling it with cat poop. <laughs> <laughs> or just, you could have me, or you could have me in the room while you play the game. I yeah. can fart at will. Yeah. When my girlfriend comes home one day and I've got my own cheap homemade cat flavored <laughs> nauseous riffs strapped to my oh face, my God. <laughs> in in like Sweet one of those um, drinking helmets, what they called? Yeah. Oh <laughs> no, I was thinking more like a nose bag, like you'd give a horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear okay <laughs> yeah let, let's change the subject yeah we? let's move on what else yeah, did you see that was good and lovely at uh gamescom uh in terms of commercial games my highlight are uh dreadnought which is developed by a bunch of um studios but i think jagger is one of them uh you know the guys who made spec ops the line mm-hmm. uh they're also involved in this and it's basically a team space combat versus game so it's five versus five okay and you have you have different kinds of uh, ships that you can that you can fight against and each one has their traits one of them is faster as one uh, another one is like much heavier but has a lot more shields and armor so it's kind of like the tank the, there's another ship that uh excels in artillery and long-range combat and positioning and um Choosing when to attack and who to attack is is what decides the game. Uh, imagine, have you any of you played World of Tanks by any chance? No. no. Okay. Um, it, it's pretty much the same premise of World of Tanks. So in World of Tanks, you have like teams of tanks versus tanks, and they are like really big and heavy machines. So you would need to uh, carefully decide when to go, where to go, because you are moving a really really heavy machine slowly. Uh, and tactics is everything like maybe you are in a planet's atmosphere and uh, you need to or you would hide behind the mountain hoping that someone else would like fly over you and then ambush or something like that but you have to like coordinate um with time because these things are slow it was really interesting i really liked the game 
Uh, I think, well, I, I don't really know if it's going to be free to play or if it's going to be like a, a purchase because it does have some um, level progression system from what I managed to see. But there is, there is still no release date. I just would like for the open beta to be soon so you could check it out as well. Uh, there's a similar option in Steam called Fractor Space. Maybe you try that out instead? Um, I think most of us own it, actually. Yeah, but, but haven't played it, have yeah, you? exactly. <laughs> I played it a little bit. Fractured Space is similar to that, but it's much faster. Okay. So you you have like a big ship, but they move rather fast compared to these other ones in Dreadnought. Okay. I hadn't heard of the game um, before. Yeah. Uh, go check it out if you can. Give it a look to the trailer. Maybe it's something that you would be interested in. I don't see you guys playing it for a long time, but definitely something to have a few games and have some fun. Yeah, I totally do that. Sure. More things. Uh, from Xbox One, Sea of Thieves. Oh, yeah. It looks fantastic. Was that playable? I mean, it was playable, yes. I didn't I didn't get my hands into it. Okay. Because the queue was really, really long. I think it was like three hours pretty much all the time. Yeah. And uh, I, just, I just stood besides the players and watched what they were doing. And uh, it, was, it was just exactly what I expected. Really fun. So... People can just run around the 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 boats, the ships, manning cannons, um, taking the wheel, steering and controlling directions, the sails, and um, if you encounter another another ship with players, you can you can combat, you can deal combat with them, and um, then the players will have to get into damage control mode. So some some cannonballs will will break your your ship and then you have to go downstairs and fix the ship with boards to make sure that you don't sink so they had to be like in constant communication like oh come on go now downstairs go repair this repair that another one had apparently its only function was to to sing shanties <laughs> for the people i'm not sure exactly what the shanties did but yeah it, it was it was particularly funny because the guys were sinking and everyone was drowning and the guy was just singing shanties. Like, yeah, just because. <laughs> <laughs> um, good thing is, apparently it's going to be out for Xbox One and PC. But if there was a game that would sell me an Xbox One, it would be this one. That's high praise. <coughs> yeah, and yeah, also yeah. you can pick up an Xbox One for like 40 quid now, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> for a sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> straight sandwich. I'll do you a swap. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> a pickle. Col- yeah, ham and coleslaw. You can have my Xbox. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I kid. I jest, obviously. But uh, <laughs> anything that I'd be interested in, anything that was super- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I was getting to that now. Good, uh, because where I spend most of my time is in the in the arena booth, pretty much where where every every small developer have their square meter to present their game and such. And I've met a lot of people. I made a lot of friends, really talented developers, really interesting games that they were showing. Let me enumerate. Uh, first of all, uh, Studio Pixel Crow made a game called Beat Cop, mm-hmm. like um, 8-bit. No, not 8-bit, but beat uh, as in drop the beat. Beat root. Yeah, <laughs> almost. And um, this, this is a little bit about... Um, a detective that on one of his cases shot one of the criminals without an apparent motive and it was demoted immediately to a regular officer whose job is to um, file parking tickets. 
And uh, because you don't have your detective status anymore, everyone pretty much treats you like the new kid in the block, and you're kind of bullied around by your by your partners and um, the inhabitants of the street and the business owners of the street that you're assigned to will try to bribe you and um, you you will have to decide whether you take the bribes or not while you are managing the time of your shift so it it's more like a point and click adventure slash time management game with a heavy 80s cop show influence so you will see many references to other shows like Columbo or uh, Magnum PI or uh, Miami Vice. You will see many of those. Mm. And uh, they gave me they gave me a press kit for that. I will try to make a video of this game because um, I think only the press kit is wonderful to show. And I'm not going to talk about it right here, so I have enough content for a video. <laughs> You're still thing. holding me in suspense. You told me like three days ago that this press kit was amazing, and you still yeah, haven't yeah, shown yeah, me yeah. anything. And now you're telling yeah, me again. Now you're, now you're overhyped. Now it's going to be shit. Yeah. But yeah. Does it come on. with a real policeman? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um, anyway, no, because also you got me sort of interested and then dashed my hopes, because when you said beat cop, I was hoping for another elite beat agents. Oh no, I'm afraid not. No, but if you if you want elite beat agents, you can always play us, us Tatakai Oendan. What? Speaking uh, I will <laughs> I will text you later with that. Uh, the original, the Japanese original. Okay. Yeah, but they also made like an open source game based on the same premise of elite beat agents, mm-hmm. where you can just play any song in existence. Oh what? Yeah, <laughs> give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I will give I will me. link you later. Yes. <laughs> yeah, give me. So yeah, no problem. <laughs> elite beat agents was the first game that made me think that I was possibly gay. <laughs> Because okay. the first time I ever played it, I got 100% on In the Navy by Village People. <laughs> that is the test. That is the test. It is like, you know, it's the industry standard, really. <laughs> the benchmark. <laughs> hey, Village People this? are people. <laughs> yeah. High praise for the Village People. It was good. Yeah, anyway, carry on. <laughs> Mom, yeah, moving on. Uh, I made um, the developers from Brainseed Factory, which made Typo Man. Did you know Typo Man? I didn't, but it sounds like my dream. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Typo Man was exclusive before for the Wii U. It's been out for, I think, nearly a year. And they have just released it now on Steam, and I think they're going to release it as well on PlayStation 4. Uh, Typo Man is like a platformer, 2D platformer, where you are supposed to be encountering some puzzles that rely heavily on how you form words and um, you can rearrange the the letters that that contain these words to make an entirely different thing. For example, you will encounter um, a platform that says "rush," and whenever you get close to it, something will come from the ceiling, crushing the, you down with a big C, which will turn it into "crush." <laughs> so there is a lot of wordplay in this game, and. Um, there's a free demo on Steam for you to try because it's really it's going to be a really hard to explain. But yeah, it's a bit about imagine limbo, but with puzzles that that involve words, and you have instead to rearrange letters. Yeah. Instead <laughs> oh, of <God>. maybe maybe <laughs> with shitty jumping as well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sell it to me, Bob. Sell it. <laughs> <laughs> try the demo and get All your right. own. Yeah, um, I think it's out for like twelve euros on Steam right now. And uh, I really like the the style and the the cleverness behind the the wordplay and everything. Mm. And the developers are a charming bunch, really. 
Uh, more, more stuff. Uh, Hidden Folks, another game that I tried out over there. Mm-hmm. It's a, a tablet and phone, and it's also going to be released on PC. I think, according for what they told me, they're planning for a February 2017 release. And it's basically a, a big game of Where's Waldo, but instead of just having all these colors and, and Waldo to find and such, you've got several clues about who is exactly what you have to find. Everything is in black and white. Everyone is stick figures. And uh, everything is animated. So people are just running around. So much more complicated than the original was Waldo, of course. For for the British listeners who are really confused, that's where Wally. Wally, yeah. yeah. It's also, in Spain, it's also Wally. So why are you talking so, like yeah. a crazy American? I don't know, man. I mean, it's <laughs> trying to reach the people, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's just talking to, you know, our biggest. To Mike. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Mike. <laughs> we know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I had a big problem with this game because when I was a kid, I was having these Where's Wally books, mm-hmm. Find Wally. And uh, I would not turn the page until I have found not only Wally, but everything that I had on the list of optional it's like targets. like how Tom plays games. It is, really, right. yeah. And You and I are going to have a hard time with this game because you have like the required things to find, which are relatively easy, but then you have like crazy stuff to find, like a minuscule key or a, a ring or I don't know. Maybe you, you can just touch and interact with gates, uh, push uh, with a flick of the finger, you can push things around, and, and maybe they're under there. So you will have a hard time to find these things i'll probably be fine i mean i used to play where's wally a lot when i was a kid but it was only when i was about 13 14 years old i realized my parents had erased wally from each <laughs> yeah, page i see and <laughs> one book kept me going for years <laughs> i see <laughs> well then yes this this game is definitely for you and me let's do it and and uh they didn't <laughs> tell me about price points they said around five to ten bucks apparently I'm For not a sure exactly mobile when. game? Get out Whoa. of here. <laughs> <laughs> I jest. But yeah, I look forward to that. Hidden Folks. That's the name of it. Oh, I thought you said Hidden Forks at the beginning. I was like, that no, happens no, no. in my Folks. house as well. Okay. <laughs> Folks. Um, more. Um, Dimension Drive. Are you familiar with this title? That was the Kickstarter that failed yeah. and then re-got kickstarted because some, somebody failed, yeah yeah somebody made a massive investment and then pulled out didn't they yeah that was the thing basically they had the kickstarter they just barely reached the goal and apparently one of the guys that were top donors like maybe twenty thousand euros or something or two thousand euros pulled on the last minute or on the last 10 minutes trolling the campaign and making it fail mm. so they they re-released the campaign and everybody were really supportive of this and they i think they even doubled the original amount but yeah, I tried the game. It's really cool. It's a um, top-down shoot 'em up, space shoot 'em up, like Ikaruga, for example, uh, in which you have two halves of the screen and you can swap between them with the press of a button. And you will need to do that because your your weapons will be powering down the more you shoot them over there. And then when you swap, swap, swap. Uh, when, <laughs> when you swap the the other side of the screen when you are not. They will start recharging, recharging your weapons, so you can uh, keep playing. And it has local co-op, two players. I was playing with one of the developers, the the artist, in fact. And um, we made it to the end boss, and I crashed the game. <laughs> Good job, Good effort. Yeah, thanks. QA always. QA never fails me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
It's funny because then I, I met the actual developers and if you have seen my business card, it says I make my own games and break everyone else's. <laughs> and and the moment he saw that, he's like, oh my God, it's true. You actually <laughs> bro- just broke our game. <laughs> and you're still wearing the Noshulus Rift, like <laughs> 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 just hoping farts and breaking people's games. <laughs> he's just trying to get accustomed to it so he can go back in and act like, act like the big man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what I didn't know is that the original developers of Dimension Drive were both Spanish. Oh, really? And they are they are living in the Netherlands, but they are both from Spain, from Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Really cool guys. I've been talking to them for like two hours or so, and uh, we got in touch. They, he said that he's going to send me an, an alpha key. But anyway, I, I backed the Kickstarter back in the day. I will have one extra copy as well. So maybe there's a potential giveaway here. Uh, I do recommend you to keep an eye on it in the future. Yeah, it's getting a lot released. of love. Yeah. They say they want to have it ready by the end of this year, but if they see that it's not fully perfect, they may just delay it a little bit to make sure that there has no bugs or anything. That's the right call. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So that that's what I told them. Like, when it's done, you just release it. Don't rush it and then have the bugs fix themselves or something. Mm-hmm. Really, really. They they have the head on the on the right place. Yeah. Anything uh, else big, or shall we skip on before we get? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna skim through the the three remaining games that I want to talk about. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. so we have a VR title called Giant Cop, which <laughs> God damn it, which the name is exactly what it says. You're a giant cop, and you pick the criminals with your hand and toss them away. Did, I'm, I'm glad you used "away" as the uh, <laughs> preposition in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it looked really fun. But yeah, VR title. It had a queue. I could not try it. Uh, more stuff. Um, <laughs> Lost Ember. Keep an eye on this. It's going to be appearing on Kickstarter soon. It's a development team from four guys. And um, they have sound designers and music composers from former Rockstar North. And the trailer they made is incredibly beautiful. I do recommend you keep an eye on it. Um, what it's about, it's basically, imagine Journey. This is the biggest simile that I could see. But uh, jumping between several animals that you can control, like coyotes and eagles, and uh, you imagine, yeah, Journey meets flower. Meet something like that, that episode of The Simpsons where Homer eats the really hot chili. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take that space, coyote. <laughs> something like that. Cool. And uh, lastly, but not uh, leastly, lastly, but not leastly, Code 7, which I didn't get to play, but I checked someone who was playing and it was uh, a curious. They uh, define themselves as a next gen text adventure, which is, yeah, it has like your text prompts and you could, you, you, all your controls you have is like a command line where you would, I don't know. Depending on the context of the situation, for example, when I was watching, um, it was they were attempting to hack a robot sentinel, mm-hmm. and they would have to like enter the commands, trying to guess the password, and um, the interface was really clean and sil- and slick, and yeah, that's also going to be appearing all soon on Kickstarter. I li- I like there seems to be a lot of games with words coming out. That's my bag. Yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah. definitely your bag. But for you. I recommend you type man. Try the demo if you can. Okay. Yeah, I'll see if the uh, aging laptop will run it. Mm-hmm. If not, I'll have to wait for the console release. You said it was coming out on console, right? 
I think so, yes. All right, let's have a look. And finally, on a negative note, Nintendo has the most disappointing booth mm. of all. Because the, the newest thing that they had to show and the biggest thing they had to show was Axiom Badge. Uh, yeah. which is an excellent game don't get me wrong yeah. but but with Zelda there they had a, a small booth with Zelda and you could not watch it because it was reserved for press and only for people no actually only for press who made a prior appointment do we so, do we even know by now what they even showed uh you mean from Zelda yeah yeah well they've they've had a demo on the E3 and I assume this is the same demo that they brought to Gamescom. Right. Like just the first area so you could explore it and around and get lost. Sure. But yeah, nothing wrong with that. But it was like a constant cock tease, you know? Like seeing, <laughs> That's seeing my the band name, there. Giant Cock Tease. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> my band name, Constant Cock Tease. Also, <laughs> I, I, you know, you've, you've given us a really good breakdown of everything you saw and did at Gamescom, but I, I've had this like unfailing image in my head, which is you stumbling around with a fake press pass. Let's <laughs> just go play that. <laughs> I did not have a fake press pass. Hoping from the Noculus just... Rift that you'd stolen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have you seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? <laughs> They're just absolutely fucking trashed in that. <laughs> of all the things I could steal. <laughs> yeah. I've just got this image of you just rolling about in there, like huffed off your tits <laughs> on, on Noculus like, fuel. <laughs> like Bane, but with the Noculus <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I will break you. <laughs> I was born into farts. <laughs> <laughs> they murdered me. Good. Anyway, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I wasn't yeah, it allowed was, to it go. Was really fun. My my coworkers went, mm-hmm. but they went on a on a trade mission. Um, and because I don't speak enough business, I wasn't allowed to go because they knew I'd just scamper off into the main event, probably. <laughs> <laughs> be they gone were, for hours. Were they in the business area then? I assume. Yeah, they were in the business area, sorting out wholesale deals with you know people and yada yada. But you know, I would have just come and found you and got on your back like Yoda. In <laughs> you'd be Luke to my Yoda. Why not? Yeah, you could carry me around. Good, good times. Yeah. Shall we uh, move on from Gamescom? Yeah, thanks. Can for we that, move bro. on from Gamescom? Yeah, no problem. No, it was really good. I, I'm I'm very sorry I missed it. Hmm. How was how was the the feeling of being at like one of these massive events? Um, this is not my first Gamescom, but every time that I go, I am impressed by something else. So this year's was both Blizzard and EA's booth. They were gi- gigantic. I saw really cool. Blizzard's wouldn't uh, somebody put on Twitter that you know they took a panoramic photo and it, Blizzard's booth wouldn't fit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a panoramic it's a, photo, it's a big one. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the Overwatch cosplay? I did, yeah. I took a few pictures of him. Nice. All right. Look forward to seeing those. Yeah. Don't, do not expect big things. I only managed to get uh, Tracer and Junkrat. Okay. <laughs> but really cool ones, though. Nice. Moving on, then. Cool. What have you guys been playing? Um, I'll pick that one up. So I've been playing uh, just today, actually. I've been playing Deus Ex, Deus Ex Go, uh, mm. which is the third Go game from... From Square Niantic. Enix, um, we don't have we don't count Pokemon Go here. No, Bear no. Um, this is they, they've kind of taken this formula on before. Uh, the first was Hitman Go, which is still my favorite. Um, and you, were, I don't know why you want to hit mangoes or Lara Croft. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> um, so yeah, they've done Hitman Go, Lara Croft Go, and now Deus Ex Go. 
and um, they've upped the ante each time. Like the first one, you're moving little puzzle pieces around. And now, now you're fully, you're seeing full animations play out as you move around, and you're basically moving pieces on a chessboard, on like a on a puzzle board. Um, and it's turn-based, so after you've moved, enemies that are on a patrol will also move, and it's just little puzzles in in, in uh, specific environments, uh, and it gives it adds more complexity as you go, like turrets that will shoot you if you're in their line of sight, but you can hack Deus Ex style. Um, and first impressions are very positive. I really like the the whole the whole package of of the the sound design and i really enjoyed hitman go like I, i've played lara croft go as well but not to the same extent as the as hitman and the core gameplay seems very similar i know you've played this bob i think you mentioned yeah i played it a little bit on the gamescom as well oh you played it at gamescom ah yeah okay um i think it briefly i think it came out last week so it might have come out in time for the start of gamescom or something like that maybe so yeah um, I, I thought it was not out, so imagine my surprise when I just returned to the hotel and I saw it on the App Store. Right. I'm seriously considering buying it because it's really good. It's 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 fantastic, and um, it's released just before um, Mankind Divided, which is out as of yesterday, uh, at the time of publishing this podcast, uh, uh-huh. which I'll be playing for sure. Um, sounds like it's it's uh, at least as good as. Um, What's the first Human one Revolution. Called? Human Revolution, yeah. It's learned from the mistakes from that one, but it's um, like it doesn't have the boss battles from that game. Um, I so did worry about that because there's some big billboards in the tube here in London which hmm. seem to show like a very big boss character. Right. You know, he, he looks a bit like... Do you remember the first boss fight from uh, Human Revolution, which was the big tank yeah. type guy? Right. Looked a bit like him, and I was starting to panic like, oh, please, God, no. No, no, <laughs> they, they said up front that they were learning from from what didn't work in the first one because the the problem with um human revolution is that they were outsourced to a different group right um which is fine but it just it it means that the vision of the different elements of the game didn't really gel together um so you just just quickly back to to Deus Ex go the other than this story that plays out and it has like um a similar amount of story a bit more minimalist um, than volume. You know, volume would place mm-hmm. play out um, dialogue between characters as you would run through the level, and you wouldn't you wouldn't move to a location, watch a cutscene, and uh, and then move on. Like things would play out, and story would unfurl as you played through the puzzle levels. It kind of feels like that, um, and the graphics uh, are kind of similar as well. Now I'm thinking you're playing on mobile or yeah I'm playing on the iPad. Um, yeah. I think it's only on mobile, but Hitman Go ended up getting its PS4 uh, release mm. recently. Yeah, um, and I think Lara Croft Go will eventually come out as well. Yeah, I imagine so. And they they're all very similar. So if you enjoyed either of the previous ones and you like Deus Ex, then I'd recommend this one. The thing it does differently, um, they've picked up on having live events. And there's a weekly challenge which has its own levels. And if you finish the six or so levels that there are per week, then you unlock um, a, something called a Praxis Kit, which I imagine gives you 
um, points that you can spend to skip levels from the main game or power-ups or something like that. Um, oh, I see. So as the week on... Okay, so I'm on the screen now, actually. So the Monday event, the Monday level is available. And I imagine that... I don't know if that's only available today and you have to keep up with with it over the week or if they'll just unlock another one for you to play up until Friday. But it's... That looks quite demanding, like having to return back to play the new level. Um, and it gives you a w- big fat warning as you skip over to this mode saying, hey, this is going to contain uh, advanced content um, that you might, that might spoil some surprises for what unlock, for what is uh, put in front of you from the, from the story mode. Um, but that looks cool. That looks something like, like something that's going to keep me coming back once I finish the story. Like Hitman Go had um, like side objectives, like completing levels with as few turns as possible. Picking up the briefcase was like a mandatory, one of the side things that was in every level. Um, and in Lara Croft, there were collectibles and like alternate costumes, which I don't see present here. Um, but it's been replaced with this kind of like live event mode, mm-hmm. which is decent. Um, so yeah, Bob, I would recommend this one. Are you, are you going to pick up Mankind Divided? Um, I wasn't planning to because I haven't finished the other one before. Right. Yeah. Definitely hold off. I think Stu's also holding off because he, he didn't get to yeah. finish, uh, Human Revolution and Earl was. I definitely have Human Revolution on my list. Yeah. It, it's good. It's good. I'm, and, um, sorry. I'm and, uh, up. Earl was going to play, he was thinking about playing the Wii U version of Human Revolution, which is like the director's cut, which learns from, it, it like has a load of the quality fixes that they ended up patching into the, to the standard edition. Um, yeah, it's and worth you're, you're, grabbing the director's cut if you can. I've got it on Steam. Right. And you, you're saying you're going to get the new one, right? Yeah, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I mean, the ending wasn't great on the on the last one, but I enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just a very decently put together game. So I'm going to see what this one's like. Yeah, and um, this uh, Deus Ex Go set me back five euros for which a is, mobile w- game. Get out of here! <laughs> it's your fucking catchphrase, man. <laughs> um, the other thing that they do with these games is they add new levels. Uh, with Hitman, they were freely available. All you had to do is have enough in-game progress, as far as I remember. Um, they added new stuff to Lara Croft as well, but I don't know if they're free. I'm going to check. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, highly recommended as a mobile title uh, and just as a change of pace, really. It, it's a really well put together game and it you know doesn't feel cheap like like some mobile games sometimes do. Mm. Mm. Um, but you haven't played it too much then, Bob, to really... No, not really. Uh, Go, I have only played maybe like five or six stages. Mm-hmm. And and I, yeah, I, I was like, yeah, definitely this is good. I see myself playing this. Okay. And as for the previous game, uh, which is Human Revolution, yeah, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't play it very much. So okay. I may have completed the first mission and that's it. I really need to get back to it. Cool. Um, I just check Lara Croft Go and then they, they added a, a new, um, set of levels and it's freely available. They just recommend that you finish the previous levels first, similar to what they did for Hitman. So yeah, they had, they had free stuff. 
So in premium. If if I may, if I may, in the iPhone at least in the App Store, I've seen a couple of days ago that there is a bundle with the Go series, which only contains at the moment Hitman Go and Lara Croft Go, okay. and that is four euros for both. Oh, that's decent. So it's really good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get the bundle because I already own Hitman Go. Okay. But yeah, I would probably get like maybe Lara Croft Go and Deus Ex. Hmm. Really looking really good. Yeah. If it's if it's on the same line, I will definitely enjoy it. Yeah, it is. It is. Cool. All right. Um, we'll move over to what Tom has been playing and, and I've been playing a little bit, and that's Abzu, which I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks back. Um, yeah. Do you want to kick it off, Thomas? Yeah. Uh, I I was a bit unsure about getting into it so quickly after No Man's Sky. Right. Because uh, it is one of these sort of almost aimless games. It's not sure. aimless. It's not aimless at all, but it it's it's... I think you mentioned it when you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head when you said it was like flower. Yeah, and so f- flower, you're you have a purpose. You have to collect the petals, and you have to get you know, to the end of the level. Yeah, yeah, you have to get to the end of the level, and you unlock sections of the level by, you know, opening enough flower buds, and that's that's it. Yeah, uh, and, and that's Ab- basically what it is in Abzu. Exactly, you're like you're going around and. Um, opening up these portals that release new breeds of fish into the world. And that's about it. Yeah. I mean, there are, you, there's no real puzzles. Um, you can't die. I think I've tried my best. It doesn't work. So, but you play <laughs> as like a, a diver who yeah. is underwater and the whole game is literally like a, like me, I'm an aquatic biologist by my degree, if not by trade, but um <laughs> It's it's basically great for me. It's like, oh, I know that fish. I swim over and there's a button to, to grab onto the fish and you can swim around like holding onto its fin or something. Sure. Um, and it's just this super lovely, peaceful, calm, zen, underwater kind of experience. Uh, there's no oxygen bars. <laughs> there's no, you Yeah, know. there's no like peril of, um, well, I don't, I, I don't know if you can get attacked by like some of the bigger... Not uh, that I've seen so far. I think it kind of gives you the threat, but it doesn't really let it happen to you. Sure. And and one of the key things you do is you latch onto a bigger fish or a shark or or a manta ray or something, and and it and sort of direct it around. Yeah. Um, and that's it. You 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 swim around, and and the, you yeah. go through various different sort of aquatic stages. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't know how far you've played into it. I don't really want to spoil anything. Quite. For you quite far but we don't really want to spoil any anything too big but it's kind of psychedelic in nature yes it's 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 like flower but somehow it's way prettier because you've got the full three dimensions of the water around you and you've got like the the sea kelp that's rising up to the sky yeah. well the, the top of the water you've got uh obviously fish so many different types of fish are swimming around you at all times um there's some set pieces which are really wonderful um have you seen the whales yet, Rob? Yeah. Oh, that's that's a great moment. Yeah. I, that's just a fabulous moment when that happens. Like superbly pretty, mm-hmm. uh, just calm experience. Um, yeah. And I'm really. I mean, I mean, to show you how calm it is, there's certain points in the game uh, where you can just sit and meditate. Mm-hmm. And you, like you spectate, basically. You you get to ch- move the camera to other fish in the environment and just watch them. Do their thing. 
Yeah, and it's like a real habitat. You've got the predatory fish are attacking the smaller fish. You've got fish that are in uh, shoals or schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all moving around. You know what I noticed? Like quite a lot of it was very good. Like if you notice in deeper places, there would be sharks, but not in the shallower areas, which is really true to shark behavior, <laughs> which is okay. cool. <laughs> okay, um, so there's a bit of understanding of. I guess life really there. so. Yeah, I mean, it gets a bit out of you know, like <laughs> it's not all. It's not all realistic, of course. It's not course, like a yeah. aqu- aquarium simulator. No, it's like, a, it's like a psychedelic journey through through an underwater right. cavern. And and some form of story unfolds. Like, yes. You eventually, I imagine, figure out what why you're there in the first place kind of thing. But, yeah. Exactly. Um, so uh, I, think it, I think it's okay. Um, I like how it looks and it's, it's a nice um, calming experience, which sometimes I need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's harder to control than even flour I found. Like hmm. there was a, there was an inertia problem that I had with flour, which meant that it was difficult to tell how much you were in control, but it did a good job. It did a good job considering you were playing as the wind yeah. um, with this one. Uh, I think it, sometimes you feel like the controls aren't quite tight enough to, to make a sharp turn and, and be completely agile, but, it's also not intending to be something you can really like speed run through. No, I, I, I did like that because I really enjoyed like, um, you know, flower. Yeah. And I went back and I played it like three or four times um, all the way through. And mm-hmm. um, in this one, I'm not speed running, but I'm also not going through checking every nook and cranny. Like there are some hidden things to find. Um, bits and pieces, which I guess being in the nature of this game, I guess if you get all the hidden shells, something else will unlock. Yeah. Something like that. So I may go back and do it again. So I'm not being like super like picky about how much I do, but I'm also not speedrunning. But what I really enjoy is even like, because you can do like a speed boost with your your swim. Yeah, exactly. But the fact that it's not just spam X, like it literally doesn't work if you're just hitting the control to swim faster. Mm-hmm. You have to time it. It's like one, two, three. And the th- and yeah, and the third one gives you a boost and then that calms down and you've got to, you know, speed up again. Wait a little bit. Yeah, but you also, there's a little delay. After you've done that third boost, you can't instantly go into the animation again. So I think it's really nice and measured. Like it, it, the game obviously wants you to take a certain pace um it's not to the level of some walking simulators that have a fixed you know walking pace you can't run or do anything like that but Hmm. you also can't just batter your way through this game which i think is the point because there's so much beauty in it you know each one of the sort of caverns or areas you get to is really lovely to look at and you know if you're like me you're like oh look at that fish oh look at that fish (laughs) (laughs) Um, finding finding which ones you can grab onto and which ones you can't Yeah. yeah It's not like, I think that if it's intending to be the next journey, which I think to some extent it is, like it's definitely taking cues from journey. Um, it kind of misses the point because journey wasn't just about moving through interesting looking locations until you're done. It was about, it was all about that multiplayer experience, that silent partnership. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that. I think it's more sure. trying to be, well, not trying to be, but I think it's taking more cues from Flower. 
yeah than than journey i don't think you could go into it thinking that it was journey um i think you have you, you have that a to b aspect of discovery mm-hmm. but you don't you you know there's there's no multiplayer at all there's no, no nobody no. else is joining you on mm-hmm. this journey this is a very private sort of quiet little thing that you can probably kick you know in a three or four hour session i would say yeah i'd assume so yeah I'm, I'm i don't think i'm very far away from the end mm-hmm. um you can kind of tell how many locations there are once you've done the first you know run through a level I, yeah, I and believe. I've just hit. Uh, I think I've just done a pretty big milestone. Sure. Um, it's on pause downstairs at the oh, moment. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> um, I've hit what I think is a pretty big milestone. I would say that I'm pretty much in the end game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I haven't finished it, um, and I'm wondering if I should just even restart it and try and play through it all in one go because. I, I've done that with Flower and I've done that with Journey before and I think they are the that's the way to experience it. If not, if you can't do that, then w- at least within a week. Yeah. I like, mean, don't come in cold partway through because what it's been building up will be lost to you. Yeah, it's the same. I've just come home from work and while I was waiting for you guys to get ready for the, the cast, mm-hmm. um, I played like an hour and a half solid. Right. And it was much more immersive um, yeah. than than it was the previous time when I played like half an hour and had to put it down. Mm-hmm. It's like I didn't really get anything from it. But yeah, I, I would recommend probably going back and trying to do the whole thing in one run. And then yeah. maybe calling it there and just being like, right, I saw what it had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not something I'm going to go and collect all the all the stuff with, but um, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. And there's Plus a, the there's music's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Just the whole package is really nice. Um, yeah. But I, I guess I was kind of sold on it being more like Journey with, mm. maybe, but you know, Journey without the multiplayer thing is basically flower, as you've, as you've said. I would say so, and even, even the way because there's, there's several areas where you get pulled into like a jet stream underwater. Yeah, and you get pulled along, and basically your only control is move left or right. Yeah, and that just down, reminded me know. of going down the sand dunes and Journey exactly. Or for me, it reminded me of the areas where the wind catches you properly in flower. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and you zip around through the canyons. of those games, correct? Yes, uh, I believe so. And yeah. the composer is Austin Wintery as well, who did the music oh. for Journey. I don't oh, know about okay. Flower, but he did the music for Journey as well. Yeah. So um, a spiritual sequel, or at least in the lineage kind of thing. Yeah. Another game that it also reminded me of, like there were tones of, and I think this is the game that that game could have been, <laughs> if you get what I mean, is uh, Submerged. Is that recent? Yeah, it's fairly recent. I think it was a PS Plus title uh, a little no, while back. I don't recall hearing about it now. No? Um, uh, maybe maybe I maybe I do own it, but I never played it. That's is it more sure. of a 2D game? No, it's 3D. It's uh, a little bit like... Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's kind of like The Last of Us coupled with, uh, fuck, what's the Zelda game called when you're on the boat? Wind Waker. Wind Waker. Thank you. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so you, you are a girl who has a boat 
and there's been some sort of apocalypse, all the skyscrapers and everything oh, yeah, is ruined. Right, yes, 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 yes. And you have okay. to pilot your little boat around these skyscrapers and then you can climb up the skyscrapers to find medicine, etc. Yeah, like it kind of looked to me ah. like enslaved. Yeah, it was a little bit enslaved, you know, because you had the the sort of the rural, the the wild was reclaiming. Yeah, that's the um, one. These big skyscrapers and stuff, and you had to like climb up and sort of puzzle climbing, yeah. getting to the top. Uh, some some people who were infected or whatever by by the whatever rot had set in, mm-hmm. and it felt a bit like that because that was this kind of quiet little game where really there was no peril. You couldn't really get hurt in that game or anything. Sure. Um. It's the obviously the water theme, the way you go around. But what I really like in this is it is more of an experience. Like submerged got a little bit tiresome by then because you're like, yeah, yeah, come on, I'm going to climb up another building. <laughs> okay. Um, whereas this is, I think, going to be one of those sweet little sort of three to five hour games that looks good, sounds great, and transmits a lot of feeling. And then mm-hmm. you finish it and you're like, that was nice. And you move on. Sure, yeah. Speaking it's good, though, of I those definitely... kind of games, I I should be I should play Over um not Overwatch <laughs> Firewatch. Yes, <laughs> Firewatch also yeah. definitely yes. Play Firewatch. Yeah, that's on my list, but I just haven't gotten to it. Was that this year? Last year? Last year. This year. Last year. Okay. Was it last year? Was it this year? Who knows anymore? I think it was this year. Firewatch. I can honestly say it was a year. Let me just. <laughs> I think it was last research. Year. Yeah. Nine February ninth, two thousand sixteen. Okay. Oh wow, jeez. Yeah. What is time? A lot of games since then. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Firewatch is good. Abzu's good. If mm-hmm. you haven't played Flower, I'd get on that. Like I got the collection, Journey, Flower, and Flow. Right. Yes. Uh, hmm. I think Flow was about the weakest out of those, but Flower and yeah, Journey are definitely, definitely, definitely worth playing. Definitely, yeah. And they've got some additional bonus stuff on that if once you've appreciated those games. Yeah. Is interesting. Okay, thanks for that, Tom. No worries. Um, let's Did you see? I got through the whole thing without making a water-based pun. <laughs> Very good. I can't believe it. Yeah, I was going to say that it hadn't. I was surprised it hadn't made a bigger splash. Um, that I dived in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Let me get it all out of my system before I go. Otherwise, I'll just be frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you, I would just... say don't don't hold your breath for a sequel. Okay. Uh, Very yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, you're, you're leaking puns right now. I am right leaking off. puns, yep. I can tell I'm making you moist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's taken a bit too far. Yeah, okay, sorry. I, uh, <laughs> we'll finish there. Bye. Complaints can be sent to podcast at goplaythat.com. Uh, you can complain at goplaythat on Twitter, uh, goplaythat.com on Facebook, and um, hate mail. Just send it at TC Wolford. <laughs> TC Wolford. <laughs> it will find its way home. Yeah. <laughs> As it always does. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And that was episode 50. Woohoo! Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.
Ciao. Bye. Bye.